Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and sometimes booze. I'm Caleb. And uh, I'm here after three long years to deliver you uh, something that you didn't need to see. And I am emerging from my chrysalis as a beautiful, weird little human creature. It was definitely just Erevos and a butterfly slammed together, and they were just like, this doesn't look horrifying at all. Let's just have it not feature at all after it pops out of the chrysalis thing. It was there. It was hanging around sometimes. I have many opinions on the Dragon Prince Season 4 that we will no doubt get to, but uh, how are you? I'm actually doing pretty well, because I've made peace with something that I feel like is a long time coming and that's that I've decided that I'm going to quit my job. Uh okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I I realized that I I fucking hate it. I hate my life. I hate who I am when I'm at work. You know, I just I feel physically sick every time I have to go there and uh I think I'm just done. Well, okay then. That was always allowed, but uh, yeah. that seems like a long time to get to that that location in your life where you're like, I hate what I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I used to love it, but um, I don't know. Like three times now, I've I've completely given up my life and uprooted myself and moved uh, very long distances for this company, and. Uh, you know, over the last few months where I've really been struggling and just kind of realizing that, like, like, I'm not going to receive help because nobody else cares. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that's kept me in it is just the the sunk cost of all of that. And I realized that, like, I don't have to do it. I, I, I can just go and do something else. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, liberating because I I feel like nothing can do anything to me anymore. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it sucks, but it is what it is. I just, uh, I don't what? know. I just need the, what's the, it's the meme of the, of the, the army guy. Arms wide, spread out with like bullets and knives raining down on a person he's yeah. protecting them, and uh, it, the person he's protecting is my mental health, and it is what it is. Is the army guy? Yeah. No, and that's that's for real. But um, yeah, I think I just want to go do something that's, uh, you know, I can clock in, do my job well, and then clock out and leave, and not ever think about it until the next day. And that's like kind of this weekend as I was uh, 
discussing things with my wife because like I'm not like a super like great communicator. Like whenever I have something that I need to talk about, I'll I'll hold off for, you know, sometimes weeks at a time until I really get all my thoughts in line to to come and talk about it all at once. So like obviously like she knew I was I was just kind of in it and thinking about shit but um what I was kind of shocked to find out is that like you know I've been trying actually like really hard and like it's been taking a toll on me mentally and physically but um what I realized you know this like Thursday Friday when I was talking to her about it is that I just, I don't care. I don't care what happens with the company, the store, my employees. I don't care. And that's not a place where I can, you know, lead from. If mm-hmm. if I don't have anything personally invested in it, like, I'm, you know, what I, like, yes. that's not, <laughs> there's nothing for me to build off of. Cause I just don't care. All of it's been beaten out of me. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And that's uh, correct. Well, uh, I'm glad you're prioritizing yourself. Uh, yeah. You take a demotion, like when you just do not this job in, uh, you know, just your old job or you were just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm doing the work, but you know, I don't really give a shit after I clock out. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, I don't I don't want to stay with the company. I want to just go do something different. Like I, it's just kind of soured me on the whole thing. That's right. Um but like I was uh I was thinking too cuz like I was thinking about like what I want to define me as a person and it's like I was for the last few years like what defined me was like what I did as my work and not what I did outside of work. It's like I've missed a lot. Like I you know, I've missed time with with my wife and being actively involved in our relationship. Like I've I I would like to have my nieces and nephews know who I am as I as they grow. Whereas like, you know, it's it's already been kind of a thing in my family is like, oh, Caleb's just the the guy who won't show up for shit because he's too busy. And uh, you know, I think I think my family deserves more than that. I think I deserve more than that. Well, okay then. So that's me. How about you? Uh, Currently going through a heartburn bout uh, as I drink a hoppy beer, which is no doubt going to make it worse, but uh, that's it. Yikes. Uh, I, I haven't had that crisis of... Oh, everything I've been doing for the last X years is, uh, no longer matters to me. Although uh, mm-hmm. I have I have had some screaming uh, at my computer where I'm like, I fucking hate this. But otherwise, like, it's fine. My job's fine. Well, uh, along with what you're saying, like, I don't I've already told my manager, I'm like, I don't want to be like anything after uh, until I'm like 40. When I'm 40, then then I can do stupid shit like manage. And I might uh, attempt to do that. But as of now, no. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I might uh, I might go back to management at some point down the road, but, uh, just not on this company. 
Well, yeah, definitely not for this company. And that's that's the other thing, too, is like this company has a lot of employee churn, like at the lower levels, definitely. But also, mm-hmm. like, I feel like a lot of people just leave the company because they are like, oh, this actually is uh, a hellscape. Sure. My my the, the where I work is very isolated in terms of, you know what in terms of like turnover so like i could say i don't see any turnover in my position i just don't so yeah. i and the people who do who have turned over like i've seen one person full out quit just because like they couldn't take the job but like there's also one of those scenarios where they weren't communicating that they weren't able to do what they were doing and so they just were like well i'm done and it's like well if you just would have told people you were you know not having mm-hmm. a good time. I'm sure that something could have gotten worked out, but instead they just left. Uh, so, you know, I've taken on some work. Another person's taken on a lot more work, and everyone thinks that my the way that I work, which is I'm always busy, which actually hasn't been true for the past couple of days. I have not been busy at fucking all, mm-hmm. uh, is actually their schedule, and everyone just keeps throwing shit at that person, and I feel bad for that person because I don't want them to quit because I think they're good at the job, but uh the only other person who has quit while i've been here uh had a significant arm injury that has prevented them from actually doing the job oh yikes so like i can't you can't blame that person because like you know they probably already fucked up their health as it is to you know not like apparently they were putting off surgery for years uh, and then they had the surgery and just complication after complication. They wouldn't let it heal. Blah, blah, blah. Huh. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The other the other thing that like actually made me sick to my stomach today was like I did the math on it. And with the hours that I'm actually putting in each week and what my salary is, mm-hmm. I'm making less than sixteen dollars an hour. Christ. Yeah, that's that's not worth it. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, I've I've had it floating around in my head for a while that like if somebody just offered me twenty dollars an hour and a 40 hour work week, I just wouldn't show up tomorrow. But yeah, now I'm just now I'm just doing it. There you go. Yeah, uh, I, I still make the most I've ever made at a job at this job. I make, you know. 55 mm-hmm. 55 mm-hmm. and that's a that's a good living yeah you know yeah, I, 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 think I, I think i have like 80 hours or like 83 hours per every two weeks uh, of work uh sometimes i, I work i start early uh la- this fucking this fucking daylight savings time needs to fucking quit I don't know where it needs to end, but it needs to end because I I wake up so fucking early right now. It is disturbing. So I need somebody in some governmental position to shut this shit down because I can't have it. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, daylight savings time, it's pretty antiquated. Um, The U.S. is the only country that uses it. Uh, We shouldn't use it. It's bad. It's it's a dumb and bad thing. Correct. So uh, please get rid of please. It, it it makes no sense. It All it does is fuck up people's sleep schedules for no reason. Yes. All right. With that out of the way uh, and Caleb uh, coming to his like understanding that he had a, a fucking 
quarter life crisis, which you're 36, that puts you to 130. Oh, that's extremely generous of you. Uh, I don't know. I had a quarter life crisis when I turned 25. I think maybe this is just like, oh, this is a third life crisis then. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) It's not looking good for old Caleb. It's not even really a crisis, though. It's just like a revelation about who I am and what it takes to make me happy and moving towards that. You haven't gotten a sports car uh, to make yourself feel good. So, you know, it's definitely not a midlife crisis. Yeah, I think uh, I, I see this as, you know, a completely positive thing. Well, good. Uh, so yes, with uh, Caleb's realization out of the way, it's time to get to what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the can. Uh, well, I'm just drinking water, as I alluded to when I was like, and sometimes booze, but uh, it's because my body needs it because I'm unhealthy. Uh, you'll likely get more healthy, though, and I'll be proud of you. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I have a Dogfish Head 90-Minute Imperial IPA. Uh, it's 9% alcohol by volume. I don't see any IBUs on here, so I, you know, I can't really comment on that. Uh, it's good. I wait, I just randomly was walking through the beer aisle because I'm like, I need a cheap beer because I have no money right now because uh, I spend way too much money on Magic the Gathering cards and Magic the Gathering card supplements, such as uh, Secret Lairs, uh, which are whale products that uh, whales like me love. And <laughs> uh, yeah, these are like three, they're three bucks a can uh, for, I think it's 24 ounces of, of beer. And I just went, cool, I want that. So I got it. Nice. Uh, it's good. I wish... I want 75 minute again, because normally when you see Dogfish Head at the store, it's either 60 minute or 90 minute. They have a 75 minute. They have a 120 minute. Uh, what do the minutes stand for? I don't know. I think Nick told me one time, like a long, long time ago, and uh, I pushed it out of my brain because I wanted to know uh, card interactions for Magic the Gathering. Mm hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go into another segment where we talk about news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right. Uh, our first story is that Chris Rock will have Netflix's first live comedy special on Netflix. Uh, I guess that's redundant, and I should have put on Netflix. Uh, premiering sometime in early 2023. It's going to be live. Uh, security, keep people from coming up on the stage. I, I No, we, we need it to happen. We need it. Uh, so... A lot of people looked at this and just went, ah, Netflix's first foray into live content. What does this mean? Uh, And many people, including myself, went, ah, here it comes. Live fucking sports is they're They're coming. They're coming quick. And I can't wait. That's it's probably true. Could be true. Uh, It could it could end up being nothing because, you know, they tried to do weekly serialized content and abandon that completely after trying it a few times. So I mean, they still do it just not as frequently. Uh, they, they mainly do it for foreign releases because that's just how their licensing rights work. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they don't fucking do it for 
anything in a any like English language content or anything like they don't license out. So I don't know. We'll see. I I think it's weird that they're starting with a comedy special, but whatever. Maybe they figure it's low stakes or maybe they figure a lot of people tune in for it because they think that Chris Rock's going to get hit in the face. It's possible. So I don't know. I don't I don't think I'll watch it, but like it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I won't I won't watch it live. I don't give a fuck. Yep. Uh, I, I'm pretty done with appointment viewing at this point outside of like one off sports events or such such like things like Super Bowl. I'll watch that because that's like, you know, you can't you can't say that you have to say the big game. I don't give a shit. It's when people say Americans have no culture. What is the Super Bowl? Our, our, our entire this one Sunday in in fucking February shuts down the entire country for an entire day and everyone plans around it. So what do you mean we don't have culture? Yeah. Have you ever seen. Kenny Chesney, I don't know. I think that's about the worst that American culture has to offer, but, you know, it's the worst Pittsburgh culture has to offer a fucking litter after a Kenny Chesney concert is absurd. Fucking Pittsburgh. What are you doing with your lives? Hopefully never bringing back Kenny Chesney because uh, his fans just destroy, destroy the city for no reason. All my homies hate Kenny Chesney. All right. Our next story is that. Partner Track and The Imperfects have been canceled after one season. So Netflix giveth with The Sandman, Netflix taketh away with these two things that nobody watched. Yeah, yeah it's true. Partner Track's a bit surprising. Uh, Netflix put, actually put like pretty good marketing push behind it in order to get people to watch it and just never, it just did not work for them for whatever reason. So... Well, uh, sad to see it go, I guess, but I I didn't watch either of these shows, so I'm not going to say like, oh, we're really missing out on these like highly acclaimed shows that everyone really cares about. And I, I, I don't think I ever saw anybody talk about either show ever. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about them. I know what the Imperfects is, I think. It's the one where the one kid's a Chupacabra and the other one's a Banshee or something. Yep. Yeah, it's like a superhero team they're all like weird monsters yeah ah real monsters ah you remember that show on nickelodeon i do i remember uh my one my one good friend growing up um he and like he was the uh youngest of three children he had two older sisters but uh the one year for Halloween, they dressed up as uh, real monsters and uh, it was great. They had like big, huge, like foam rubber costumes and it's real good. It was yeah. awesome. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the Imperfects, whatever uh, partner track, like I said, interesting because of the marketing push behind it. Like they, they legitimately tried to make that a show that people should have watched, but it just was not working. Now, of course, I say marketing push. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Twitter. Twitter is currently a hellscape, so who the fuck knows? Currently. I, okay. I, I just want to point mm. out that that the Netflix and Swill uh, account follows 59 people. 
Uh, my personal account follows 33 of them. There's probably about 15 that are combined. So because I run both, I probably follow about 80 people. And when you follow 80 people, you're very insulated from the hellscape that everyone else refers to as Twitter. For me, Twitter's fantastic because I follow no fucking psychopaths. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I see the funny memes of, you know, uh, what, what was that company? It was like Eli Lilly or something like that that had a fake account tweet. Oh, hey, we're we're lowering insulin costs to zero. And then they lost billions of dollars in, in mm-hmm. terms of market cap because of it. So, yeah, uh, the shit like that's funny to me. But, you know, the Twitter that everyone hates, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, the smaller your circle is, the less stuff you don't want to see that you're going to see. So I, I, I truly recommend because I know uh, we have we have podcast people listen to this. Uh, follow fewer people. Just do it. If that includes unfollowing us, fine. But just just follow fewer people. Yeah. It's great. You don't have to you don't have to follow everybody on Twitter, every podcast, every podcast person. Just follow who you want. It's great. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not on there talking to you anyway. You don't have to follow me. Yeah. Follow. Yeah, I caught that too. That was weird coming out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever you say, middle middle Pennsylvania man. I'm just out here trying to follow my rainbow. Follow your nose. Follow your nose. Follow, follow my, your nose. Follow my rainbow. <laughs> uh, fuck. All right. Uh, next is that Ryan Murphy's The Watcher has been renewed for a second season. Um, this was a show we did not watch, and. Uh, a lot of people watched it. It starred Bobby Cannavale and Naomi Watts, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, based on a real life thing. Uh, and in that real life thing, nobody ever found out who did it. So when, uh, you know, the shit was put to uh, digital, they also didn't know who did the thing. So they didn't make it up. They just said, eh, we don't know. And we're going to leave it at that. And everyone hated the ending. So so they're doing a second season to a show that no one knows the ending to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Dope. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anything else to say beyond that. But uh, yeah, uh, more Ryan Murphy stuff. Late con lateness contract renaissance for Ryan Murphy. Because uh, Ratchet hit. That was a Sarah Paulson thing. We have heard nothing about that since. Uh, he had a couple other things that he produced, uh, and neither of them were hits. So, you know, with the next thing we're about to talk about, and this actually sort of being a hit, uh, late resurgence for Ryan Murphy and potential, potential that Netflix tries to re-sign him to a deal, but it looks like Disney's going to poach him. All right. Uh, Netflix has ordered two more series of Monster due to the success of Dahmer. I can't wait for Gacy Monster, Monster Gacy, Gacy show. That it's we talked about it or I talked about it whenever we were uh, reviewing Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, where if they just called it Monster colon Dahmer or Monster colon the Jeffrey Dahmer story, that would be infinitely more franchisable now of course they might fix the naming of it they might go back and say hey it's now fucking 
monster colon Dahmer or monster the Jeffrey Dahmer story. And they just go forward forward with that nomenclature. But uh, yeah, very dumb, very short sighted. Uh, don't know how you didn't think that Ryan Murphy making a serial killer show in an era where people love serial killer shit uh, wasn't going to be franchisable. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time I see uh, what's your favorite canceled show thread, uh, it's always Mindhunter. So people want something like Mindhunter. And this is kind of close to that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I just don't want to. I'm fine with it existing. I just don't want to watch it. Eh, sir, we won't watch it again. But uh, I, I felt like at the time it was a good idea because, you know, popular show potentially get popular audience uh, didn't happen. Uh, no one gives a shit. Well, yeah, like I'm not upset about it. I just, you know, yeah, we'll just never watch it again. It's fine. I just didn't like it. It's just not my thing. All right, uh, that's all the news out of the way. Uh, let's get downstream and talk about trailers. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! All right, uh, our first trailer is for Glass Onion, colon, A Knives Out Mystery. Uh, I thought for sure we've seen a bunch of trailers for this already, but maybe not. No, teasers. Yeah, maybe. I've, I've just seen it around. I'm generally aware of it. Hmm. When the game ends, the mystery begins. Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein with Kate Hudson and Dave Bautista, and Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery on Netflix December 23rd. Uh, that was my greatest fear, a block of names. I think I did okay. Fortunately, they're all white sounding. Uh, for the most part, I guess. That is true. I am white. Um... I don't know. I think I'm just bad at doing words. That's fair. Uh, so there's no description, really. Just the list of the stars that are in it. Huh. Oh, it's a murder mystery. You remember Knives Out? It's Knives Out. I remember Glass Onion because I've seen it already. Mm-hmm. So I didn't watch the trailer. I have no like. I I, I don't want to talk about the trailer because I know what happens in the movie. Uh, I'm actually curious to see uh, everybody else's reaction to it. I feel I, I want you to know how special I feel having seen a movie that no one will see for another uh, few weeks. And then uh, everyone else will see in, you know, two months. Yes, yes. We're all very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> now, nah, that's pretty cool, though. All right. Uh, yeah. Watch the trailer if you want. Um, like or I said, there's there's no story description on the YouTube video, so I can't tell you anything more about it. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you to just watch the fucking movie. It's great. Yeah. Uh, next trailer is for the marriage app. A young couple with children find themselves going through a crisis and seem to have exhausted all opportunities to solve their marriage problems. As a last resource, they decide to use an app that gives or subtract points for each good deed they do for one another. At the beginning, this seems to be the solution they've been waiting for until the obsession to pile up points and win independence from each other will spiral things out of control. Tangled in a troubled marriage, a frustrated couple finds hope in a watch-based app that rewards good deeds until unhealthy obsessiveness takes over. I could have told you this was a bad idea. 
if your marriage isn't working, make a decision and then act on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this actually looks like a fun movie. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, they're they're like doing things out of love for each other. And then uh, the one, the guy's like, I want to go to Cancun. And the woman's like, I want to just take a trip. So the first to a thousand miles gets a, a fucking vacation. And so they compete against each other uh, in uh, what are going to be wacky slapstick kind of gags. Yeah. Uh, hijinks. Hijinks. Uh, it looks could be funny. Uh, when they say young, this man looks like he's approaching 50. So I don't know what the fuck they're talking about when they say young couple. Me neither. Uh, movies, please stop casting 50 year old men dating 35 year old women. It's probably true. All right. Uh, next trailer is for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Pinocchio kind of how the guy said his name in the trailer so that's how i'm saying it now pinocchio um it's a pinocchio movie it's about a puppet that comes to life and thinks he's a real boy people are sometimes afraid of what they don't know from the mind of academy award-winning filmmaker guillermo del toro and award-winning stop-motion legend mark gustafson guillermo del toro's pinocchio is a story you think you may know but you don't uh, in select theaters in November and on Netflix December 9th. Oscar-winning filmmaker Guillermo del Toro, he wants us to know that he has an Oscar. Uh, he reinvents the classic story of a wooden puppet brought to life in this stunning stop-motion musical tale. This looks great. Uh, this looks very charming. Looks very interesting. The, the stop-motion style looks great. Uh, I, I don't. I think it says. I think it said in the description who was assisting with like the stop motion direction, but uh, whoever that was, it looks fantastic. The, the, what the fuck? Like, the chimera that that shows up like halfway through the fucking trailer looks awesome. Like this, I, I can't wait to watch this. Actually, okay. I can't tell you how little I'm interested in the Pinocchio story in general. That said, oh. uh, I'm sure the. I'm sure the thing will be fine. Well, yikers. I just don't care about Pinocchio's existence. Well, how dare you? He's a real boy. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's a very nice kid. So it's fine. Well, okay then. Alright. Uh next we've got Dragon Age Colon Absolution. Welcome to Miriam's Story. Based on Bioware's video game franchise, Dragon Age, Dragon Age Absolution explores mature subjects concerning... <laughs> this, is a, this is a mature show for big boys. Uh, mature subjects concerning freedom, power, and corruption set against the backdrop of adult animation for big kids. No babies. Uh, I don't know why I'm fixating on this. Our video game show is serious. I just want you to know how little I read these descriptions before I go. I, I put these trailers into the show doc, and my God, are they really? Wow. <laughs> Methinks the trailer doth protest too much. Guys, we're serious about our adult animation. God. It's not, it's not for kids. 
This is a serious game with blood and tits. You know what show wasn't for kids? Arcane, a League of Legends story. And uh, that show was good. Uh, a lot of people say that show was great. Uh, I disagree with those people. But uh, that that show didn't beat you over the head with how adult it was with its themes and what it was doing. Yeah. So, you know, may, maybe just let the, the show speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just uh, go fuck yourself. Maybe just go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> I hate Christmas. Oh, you hate Christmas? Christmas is fine. Every Christmas is the same story, and your loved one, determined to avoid all the awkward questions about her love life, Gianna is devising a plan to find a boyfriend to come home with her for Christmas dinner in less than 25 days. I hate Christmas coming December 7th, only on Netflix. You know, you want to know what's harder than lying or, or than just like enduring your family talking shit about you and your love life for a night? Uh, attempting to find a love life if you've had no success up till now. Uh oh. So you know, may- maybe maybe just you know endure your family shit and ignore them the other three hundred and sixty four days a year. Maybe just tell them to fuck off. Maybe just tell them to fuck off. Oh, uh, it's hard out there. It 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 is like it, you know I've been with Ashley for fuck uh five years now. And uh, it's it, it was hard before. Uh, it, it it's probably still hard, and it'll be hard afterwards. So you know, let people exist in their own time. Uh, this is a public service announcement to everyone. It's the nice thing about being with Ashley for five years is I've never. I, it's for five years I haven't had to heard the hear the phrase from my mom. Well, why aren't you with somebody? Yeah, I don't know. Anytime I talk to my mom, and she's like. Uh... Talking about my niece, she's like, well, when are you and Vanessa going to have a kid? And I'm like, I'm not. Do you not remember the highly publicized arc of my life where I had to have ice on my balls for six weeks? I don't know. I never uh, I never really discussed that with her. I'm not sure that she's aware that that happened. Oh, well, that's interesting. I don't feel that I should have to share my personal medical history with my family. That seems like a HIPAA violation. Yeah. Uh, I hate Christmas seems fine. Uh, I was hoping it'd be better, but it just looks like it's fucking generic garbage. So fuck it. Yeah. So that's it. We're done with them. Yeah. uh, It's true. Let's go to uh, another time honored segment. We talk about other shit we watched this week in quick hits. What did you watch this week? For some reason, I watched Blockbuster, a Netflix comedy series. How, how much did you laugh? I it was very droll. I, oh, you know, it's uh, just like more amusing than it is funny. Uh, I didn't really laugh. I didn't I didn't laugh. I just kind of sat there. And watch that is what that is what's known in the industry as a fucking yikers. Yeah, it's not that, you know, it's actively bad. It's just that it's just just kind of nothing. Yeah, it says Randall Park and Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who 
uh, is capable of being funny. But yes, uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like there is really uh, a lot of material for them to work with. There's all manner of other characters there, and they work at the last blockbuster video store. Um, there's an episode where, you know, uh, through like the entire show, they're like, oh, this solar storm is supposed to be happening. Look out. There's a solar storm. Uh, it could knock out cell towers in the Internet. And then hmm. the whole time everybody's like, oh, th- that's nothing. That's not going to happen. Uh, and then it happens and everybody has to go to Blockbuster Video so they can get movies so that they don't have to talk to their kids. And then, you know, suddenly the business is very successful after they have struggled for the entire season. It's like, eh, that's exactly what I thought would happen. Yeah. There's a romance subplot and there's, you know, interpersonal drama. So, you know, a workplace comedy. Yeah. And that's like the weirdest critique I've heard of Blockbuster is that, uh, and Gerald said this, so I'm shitting on Gerald, but it's also, I've also seen other people say this, and it's a bad critique, uh, but the the question has always been posited as, why are there more than two people working at Blockbuster? Uh, to which my response is, it's a fucking workplace comedy. Yeah. You can't have a workplace comedy with two fucking people. Yeah. I used to work at a Blockbuster video, and I am very smart. This show is inaccurate. Yeah, it, it it's it, it's a bad take. I'm sorry, everybody. It's just a bad fucking take. Yeah. And then, like, because pretty much every scene takes place in the Blockbuster video. Uh, so, like, even when people aren't working, they have to be there for the scene. So it's like a character walks into frame and Randall Park's like, why are you here? You're not even on the schedule. And they're like, Oh, I had to get something or like, Oh, I was uh. next door in the strip mall that we work in. Cause it's the only place to buy things in this town. Uh, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's hackneyed. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at the the showrunner's history. She uh, wrote 16 episodes of At Midnight. Do you remember At Midnight with Chris Hardwick I on Comedy not. Central? No, nope. uh, I only saw ads for it ever. Uh, well, back when I was living with my parents, because uh, they still have cable. Uh, she wrote three episodes of Superstore. Right, three episodes. Oh no, she was an executive story editor. Of 21 episodes, she wrote three episodes, and then uh, she worked on Brooklyn Nine-Nine's final two seasons, which um, I've never seen. And then she got this. So I'm not saying Vanessa Ramos is a bad writer or any or bad showrunner or anything. I just feel like that's a lackluster resume. Yeah. It's probably true. So. Uh, and that was a there was an article I read recently about like showrunners and why shows are so bad right now or like why like shows are getting in tr- like big shows are getting entrusted to like first time showrunners. 
And it's because there's so much content being made right now that uh, people who have been writing on shows can't like the, the way that the way shit used to work before was that writers would write a show and then the showrunner would bring the writer on to set while they were filming the show. So that way the writer could be like, okay, this is what works. This is what doesn't. And they could just reflect on that and work on that as they continued through. Well, now that doesn't happen because everybody's just constantly like all the writers are constantly working on different projects. So now writers just do shit and they're just like, ah, well, I've seen my shit on television. So now I know exactly what's going on and can Mm -hmm. run my own show. Which I thought was interesting. It was an interesting article. Uh, and very indicative of Hollywood right now that there's too much content. Yeah, that's true. So no good. That's that's disappointing. I, w- I wanted I wanted Blockbuster to be good, uh, mainly because Netflix needs a, a sitcom hit. They need a sitcom hit so badly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't I don't care. Five point one out of ten on IMDb. It's uh it's it's not hitting with anybody. Nobody nah, likes the show. Nah. Nah, it's uh, it's another Space Force. That's upsetting. And probably says that Netflix should stop it with sitcoms. Or just or just do good ones. That's the thing, though, is like. Did anybody think The Office was going to be a good sitcom after six episodes, after its first six episodes? Because I didn't. Those first six episodes of The Office are fucking rough. Yeah, it's true. I think I'm one of the highest performing sitcoms of our time. And everyone continues to try to make The Office again. Yeah. What did you watch? Uh, I am uh, deep in One Piece now. Uh, I probably watched about... 20 episodes of one piece in the last week which is uh, a lot it's a lot of one piece so uh i started a uh a one piece arc thread like uh it's it, it's one piece arc review in gifs a thread over on my personal twitter and uh it's uh it's 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 interesting i've gotten through the log town arc which like i said last week was uh you know, I just thought they didn't know how to say the L word or uh, say R's or L's or whatever. So, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I've gotten through Warship Island, which is one of the worst arcs in anime I've ever seen. But apparently it's filler. So I could have skipped it entirely, but I didn't. I, I watched it and I suffered through it. It was so fucking boring. I just <laughs> want I just wanted to ram my head into the wall the entire time. It sucks so fucking much. I'm now on to, oh, I just finished Whiskey Peak, which is the introduction of Baroque Works, uh, who are a dope fucking uh, criminal organization. Uh, they're they're part, they have, uh, you know, they have their, their minions, but like the main people are like uh, Mr. Number and then Miss, All, Miss Holiday. So like, you know, you have uh, Mr. Zero and Miss Merry Christmas or whatever. Um, it's there it's actually cool like nomenclature for their names uh they're all cool they all have devil fruit powers which are like you know they get they get to do weird shit like this one this one guy mr five can make all of like a- any part of his body explode and and burst into flames at any time he's he's cool uh 
uh, I, my favorite part about the Whiskey Peak arc is whenever Zoro and Luffy get into a fight and uh, Mr. Five and Miss All Sunday. I think it's her name is Miss All Sunday. Uh, show up and they're like, well, we want to fight you because we're strong. And Zoro and Luffy take them down incidentally in the middle of their fight. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's hysterical. But yes, um, uh, Whiskey Peak is great. Uh, I, I need more of like good One Piece in my life because uh, let, let's see. So the first arc, I was like, it's fine. The second like arc, I'm like, okay, it's fine. The third arc, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Uh, the fourth arc, I'm like, holy fuck, it's taking forever. The fifth arc is fantastic. It's our long park. It's probably their best arc. Uh, Logtown's pretty good. Warship Island sucks. Reverse Mountain's fine. Whiskey Peak is just, mwah. I, I just, I just need more Whiskey Peak in my life. Give me more of these arcs. So yeah, that's one piece. Uh, then I watched the soccer football movie. Now you're gonna ask Dan, why did you watch the soccer football movie? So apparently Netflix has done zero promotion for this this movie at all. None. Uh, there's no trailer cut for it on YouTube. Uh, if you look for tweets about it, all Netflix did was retweet the star, one of the stars of the movie's tweets about the sh- the the movie. So that tells you everything you know about how Netflix feels about the movie. And uh, the creator of the of the movie just went, "Yeah, we haven't gotten marketed very well." So here's my trailer for it, and he posted it on Twitter. And um, it's I'll say this: you would actually like this movie because uh. The the writer, I think their name is uh, Deaky Deek, is uh, formerly of Troma. Ah, okay. And and there is some Troma shit in this movie. It's a kid. I'll, I'll say this word. It's a kids movie, and they threw some Troma ass shit in this kids movie. <laughs> so, yeah. If anything, I recommend you watch the soccer football movie because you would probably get the most out of it it's, of people that I know. It's just called the soccer football movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it features uh, Zlatan Ibramovic or, or Ibramovic or so. I, I'm not a foot. I'm not a football slash soccer person, so I don't know how to say Zlatan's name outside of Zlatan because uh, Zlatan in this movie refers to himself in the third person constantly uh it's hysterical uh he understands the assignment he knows that he's in a ridiculous movie they don't ask him to do anything crazy he he's just like an over-the-top personality he's great uh megan rapino's in the movie she's a horrendous actress and uh i i guess she just produced the movie so they just had her in it but uh yeah she doesn't understand the assignment and um she's fine she's whatever uh, one of the one of the running gags in the movie is that one of the kids wants a selfie with her. And after beca- she becomes like a, a slug zombie monster thing, the kids still like, I want a selfie. And then they finally get a selfie uh, to the point where Ashley, who watched this with me, uh, was like, oh, my God, stop with this fucking selfie joke. I want to die. Uh, and then they continue to do it past that point. So, you know, trauma. Yeah. This T-shirt costs four ninety nine. <laughs> I so Diki did a, an interview with Casey Moore because Casey took it like an interest in, in that. I want to talk to Diki and be like, what trauma movies have you worked on? Because I need to, if you worked on Hectic Knife, uh, you need to be added to our fucking canon. That's true. So, yeah, uh, 
if you like trauma movies, if you think trauma movies are interesting, this is a fantastically interesting product. And after watching it, I completely understood why Netflix had no marketing for this, because I don't know how you market this movie to anybody, because I say, hey, Caleb, you like trauma movies. This is a trauma movie, but with like, you know, production behind it because it's Netflix's money. Mm hmm. But like, I I can't say that to a, uh, like a six year old kid be like, hey, kid, watch this movie. It's like trauma. And I'm like, what's trauma? And I have to explain like what trauma is to a six. Like, that doesn't work. Uh, like, well, well, kids, do you like the Toxic Avenger? And they'll be like, well, what's the Toxic Aven- Avenger? And you're like, it's it's just one of those things where and they're like, like, do you mean the Incredible Hulk? Well, no. No, uh, I don't know. It, I understand Netflix's problem with it, but still, you should have at least put a trailer up for it. Like at the bare minimum, you put a tweet out and you put a trailer out. If you don't want to promote it beyond that, fine. But make us a like somewhat of an effort to promote your movie. Yeah, make an effort. So, yeah, um, if you like trauma movies uh, and you want to see that through the lens of a kid's movie. Watch the soccer football movie. It's an interesting idea. I don't think it works, <laughs> but it's it's interesting for what they did. I enjoyed myself for the most part. Like I, I didn't like ever laugh, but I like, you know, I did the like the oh, I'm going to blow no like air through my nose because I think that's funny to a degree. But yeah, uh if any, like I said, if anyone checks it out, Caleb, this is for you. This is this is probably the most for you kids movie that I can find. All right, and I hate kids. <laughs> kids are kids are whatever. All right, uh, with that, let's cut into a quick break, and when we come back from that break, it'll be time to talk about our main review topic for the week: The Dragon Prince, season four. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, the Mike Rula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Delarosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahe Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash Netflix and swill. Or if you'd like to support us without spending any money, you can share our podcast on social media, tell a friend or review the podcast on any podcatcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. Now back to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. The dragon prince season four. I will the Dragon Prince season four uh, first season to officially get a subtitle, I think. Which is the mystery of Arvos. This continues the tale of two human princes who forge an unlikely bond with the elfin assassin sent to kill them, embarking on an epic quest to bring peace to their warring lands. The actual Dragon Prince stuff pretty well got wrapped up in season three because uh, Aaron Ahaz doesn't seem to be able to write a story that lasts longer than three seasons. So that one's done. 
Uh, we're in the same world with the same characters two years later, and we're going to pick it back up and and deal with some of the aftermath in this new plot. Yeah. I consider this less of a continuation, more of like a Legend of Korra addendum to Dragon Prince, I guess. Like, it feels more like something different than going back to the world and characters, even though it's like all the same characters. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. Uh, I think the problem with that is that Legend of Korra deals with, you know, completely different villains, completely Mm -hmm. different issues, has completely different themes. This is very much a continuation of the story of the first three seasons. That's true. Um, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at more than, you know, because Legend of Korra, obviously, like also there was a bigger time jump between mm-hmm. Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. But like, I don't know, it feels like they wrapped up their D&D campaign. All the characters leveled up and then, you know, we start a new campaign in the world with the characters. Yeah. So it's it's an all new adventure. Same people, same characters. Brand new adventure. Yeah, and that's the thing too is that it feels like it wrapped up except for like the the whole fact that Claudia brings back Viren and I think that happened at the end of season 3 anyway. And uh so like bringing back who it was perceived to be the main villain in Viren and then you find out the true main villain is Erevos, um, and the the whole plot to bring Erevos to uh, Zadia slash Catala. Like that, just the continent's name is Zadia. See, they they kind of play fast and loose with it in this mm-hmm. one because, like, I thought that it was, I thought that Zadia was the elf one, yeah, and yeah. I don't know. So, like, yeah, uh, I'll i I'll just get into my thoughts of this. Uh, I can't believe we waited three years for what, and this goes to what you were saying, feels like the first season of a show again. Yes, that's correct. I did. I didn't dislike it. I just didn't like it that much. No, uh, I, I don't want to say it's fine. Uh, I'm sure as my thoughts come out, I will determine what I think about the show. But at the very least, waiting three years for this is uh, disappointing, to say the least. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't I don't think that it was bad. Like, I did. I did like it. I think that the season is good. But yeah, it's just it's it's a different story. It doesn't need the first three seasons. The first three seasons don't need this. I would have been fine if the first three seasons were the show and it was done. Mm -hmm. Because this. Doesn't add a ton. In my opinion, really. Right. Uh, And. I'll admit I didn't go back and watch the first three seasons before I watched this, but I spent probably the first four episodes relearning everybody's name. 
Like mm-hmm. I remember Ka- Callum and Ezrin and Soren, and I fr- I'm like, oh, Corvus is here. I forgot about Corvus. Oh, that's Amaya. I have no idea who Amaya's wife to be is. Uh, I can't remember her fucking name at all. Uh, just uh, you know, of course, I remember Claudia and 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 Viren, but like. It just I, I had to like refamiliarize myself with the world. And like I said, it's probably my fault for, you know, not rewatching the show beforehand. But also it's the the show's fault for taking three years to release this season, which still needs a little bit of help from the first three seasons. Uh, that is correct. So uh, that, that those are my non spoiler thoughts. On the show, do you have any other non-spoiler thoughts? Because otherwise, we'll just get into spoilers and talk about you know plot bits and you know the the what we like and don't like about the story. I don't know. One of the three main characters is just like not present for a little bit, and whenever they come back, uh you know, because they're they're kind of like offhandedly like, oh, like they might be dead. I've I haven't heard anything in two years. It's like, you know, they just disappeared and I don't know what's happening and I'm upset about it. And then they come back. And like. It never feels satisfying that they're back after that. That's yeah, that's true. And like they. Uh, and that's probably my other major issue with the show is that it doesn't like every season has been nine episodes so far and they've all been roughly the same length of episodes. And it feels like this season needed to take a little bit more time redeveloping relationships and like stretching things out and spacing things out and taking its time. Because a lot of major shit has happened that has redefined a lot of relationships and the show just kind of refuses to take any kind of time to slow down and develop those. Yeah, I don't know. Also, like. It's two years past. The end of season three, and it's like, oh, we're just now having our first like peace meetings with the dragons and humans. I mean, maybe they've had more, but it seems like this was the first time they've that the dragons have come to the human side uh, in any kind of like, you know, peaceful relationship. Yeah, it just felt like they, I don't know, could have. It, it feels like they put a lot of weight on it and it's just like, have you guys just not been talking this whole time? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, it. I don't know. It's just a, a weird, a weird continuation based off yeah. of everything they've had. Well, like it's it's a symptom of us having to do a time jump to get back into the show. And it's just like, well, if you would have just like picked it up or done like even do maybe do like a couple quick episodes where you know. You're you're bridging that gap and like, I don't know, maybe it would have felt like filler, but like you see the characters as they grow and like check in with them every few months as like relations develop. And then like when you're ready to kick off the actual events in the story you want to tell, 
then you just jump in where the adventure starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe I just fucking, or maybe just start the adventure and don't show me all that stuff. And like, you know, you can reference it later and I can extrapolate from there. Yeah. That'd be fine too. So, uh, well, we still have to talk it out. I, I, I'm not really sure how I feel. I, I just know that the show is, this season is extremely disappointing from its presentation standpoint, because it feels like the show didn't want to tackle any storyline that wasn't the main storyline of we need to figure out where Erevos is. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's not even that it's bad. But yeah, I think disappointing would be the word to describe it. Yep. I just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like you dated somebody and like cared a lot about them for a long time. And then like out of nowhere, they, they come back into your life. And it's like, oh, maybe we'll like rekindle something and it'll be like it was again. And then you meet up with them, and it's just like, I feel nothing for this person. It's yeah. like that. Yeah. And maybe, because you know, I'm probably going to, I'm going to try to revisit the, the first three seasons and then rewatch season four, because, you know, we're, we're about to hit the Thanksgiving holiday in a couple weeks. And uh, yeah, that, that seems like the best time to, to visit something is, you know, over the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, especially when I'm going to be in Pittsburgh doing fucking nothing except for watching football and uh, figuring out a day to uh, record with my mom. So that way we can fulfill the, the goal we had for live stream for the cure. Uh, finally. But yeah, I, I, I want to figure out, you know, if I watch all three seasons and then watch this season, does it fix? Does it fix anything? I don't know. I'd be skeptical. Yeah. It, I, I think it's a it's an experiment worth having, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, doing gay stuff when you're in college, you're in a safe environment. Everybody feels good about it. You know. There's definitely a way you could have taken that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that means two things. All right. So. Uh, with that, let's get to spoilers and talk about, you know, more uh, more other stuff, like plot beats that probably disappointed us. Thank Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like... no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning uh, yeah, yet. Yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. I don't know. I'll say, like, the the start of the show was decent. Like, I, I don't know. It starts with, like... Uh, Viren waking up in a cave mm-hmm. and being informed that he's been dead for two years because mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, I, I survived the fall. And like, no, no, nope. you didn't. You're, you were definitely dead, bro. It's like, so the. The thing driving the plot is that, like, you know, he's OK with just like. It ending at first, but like eventually by going through what they go through in the season. 
he's like, oh, maybe I'll be the evil wizard again. Who who cares? Nothing matters. Yeah. Um, but then like. Uh, he finds out that, you know, he died. And he can live again if they free Erevos, Uh and he's got 30 days to do it. Yeah, so that's the thing is like it's he he comes across as reluctant at the beginning. Like he's just like, uh, eh, you know, I, I'm just kinda like or he feels weird even. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like, eh, I you know, I, not that he was okay with being dead, but just like, oh, I guess I was dead and now I'm not and everything's uh, it's just the way they they portray that whole storyline is awkward because at no point, like he he gets his he gets his staff back at the end of the season, and it's not like he's like oh I'm gonna be the big bad evil wizard again. It's just like a matter of fact thing. Like and it goes back to what I was saying. Like they need they need to take a bit longer with these storylines and let them develop because you know outside of Viren, uh, reclimbing the mountain again and being afraid to fall off at any point because he now has this uh, fear of heights due to falling off a fucking mountain to his death. Uh, they like they don't really tackle anything with his psychosis after coming back to life. It's just kind of like a, a shock, like he's sleepwalking through the, the season outside of climbing a mountain. Mm-hmm. Claudia is whatever. Like her character is fine. Um, I really don't like Claudia. I don't know. It's like, like make her the stupid joke character or make her the villain. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like they're. It's like they're trying to make her a villain, but more sympathetic so they can leave it open to like have her join the hero team at some point. Although I don't really see that happening ever, but like, just just have her go full evil and like not make fart jokes i uh, i think i see what they're trying to do in that like she's still a kid to a degree and all she's really doing is like all she's really trying to do this season is bring her bat her bad deck uh bring her dad back like on a permanent basis because you know it's her dad he's been a great mentor to her like she loves him obviously so bringing him back to life is her her main driving goal the problem is is they have her do some fucking evil shit in order to do that and like that doesn't that doesn't endear me to her all it makes me do is just like ah she's a villain but also her doing her stupid you know old Claudia shit where she's like, ah, her, his smart, his, his smarts. Oh my God. Uh, his <laughs> farts like smell like uh rain hitting like, like a fresh rain. And it's like, boy, this is weird. Like, this is like first season shit that yeah. you're doing with, with her character. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's bad. It's not good. Yeah. Like, I agree with you, like commit one way, but also like, there's a way to do both. Without her, you know, commenting on her her fucking boyfriend's farts and how they smell like you, you can make her goofy and a kid at heart still without, you know, making her like, 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 like anytime she has a character swing, just completely shift. Like it, it feels like 
you know, uh, what what's the thing? Like, like imagine you're in a, you're in a ring with like a, a fucking sumo wrestler, and he's just like flipping you to either side of the ring at any point in time. It feels like that, like with her character, they, they just they choose where they want her to be, and then they're like, oh, we need her to be this thing in the next scene. Let's have her be this thing in the next scene, and just violently whips you across the ring because reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have like the Callum Rayla relationship, and Callum's upset that Rayla left for two years to hunt down Claudia because uh, I don't remember why she was hunting um, Claudia in the first place. To get vengeance? <sighs> well, because we don't even know that Claudia had. Like captured the souls of her parents and uh, Runon. Like Rayla doesn't find that out until the end of the season, so like we have no idea. I don't know. Rayla's. I think it was because like she did some dark magic spell that like killed a bunch of people or something. I don't know. She's just like uh, I'll kill her. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember either. And that. And like I said, when I said I was going to try to catch up or like re watch everything to understand everything again, like maybe then I'll understand why Rayla left because it feels like Rayla left for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So like Callum and Rayla's relationship is stunted because of her leaving for two years and Callum being emotionally immature and not being able to be like, hey, she was off doing potentially something important. Yeah. Uh, Ezrin has no story arc. He's just being the king. I don't know. His his story arc is that he's reunited with the dragon prince and they get to go on an adventure again. Neither of them ever seem like they're in any real peril. No. They're just there. Like, I like Ezrin. Like, he's he's one of those, like, wise beyond his years child characters, which uh, is fine. I, I don't hate those characters, but those characters, like, if you have too many of them or if they have too many moments, they start to get grating because it's just like, you're fucking 10. Like, you shouldn't be this wise. Like, sorry, it's not how kids work. Kids talk about uh, their boyfriend's farts smells. <laughs> I didn't realize that uh, there's nine episodes in this season. Uh-huh. And it takes them until the fourth episode to start for, like, the heroes to start going on their adventure. To do an adventure? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, three episodes are them just, like, going through a cave to talk to a guy. Yep. Uh, believe me, uh, those are the last three episodes. <laughs> I I watched up to episode seven last night, and then this today I watched episode se- uh, seven, eight, and nine, and I was like, "Wait, are we spending three fucking episodes of them talking to a fucking dragon? What? Like that? Is, like that actually made me more upset than anything else because it's just like you're just spinning your wheels for no reason. Like why? Why are we?" Why, why, why is the plot t- need three episodes of you talking to Rex Igneous? Like, you could cut so much of the Rex Igneous shit 
and have like actual development. Because at one point, let's not forget that Soren, who's on the side of the good guys, finds Claudia in the woods uh, and they barely fucking talk before Claudia is rescued. And Soren being Viren's kid and Claudia being Viren's kid and on opposite sides of the equation should be a storyline that you explore for basically an entire episode and they take no time to ever talk about it. <laughs> uh, I will say my favorite story is probably Amaya and the Sun Elves where uh, Amaya's wife, who I will never remember her name, uh, is trying to lead the Sun Elves past like this age of like religious zealotism. I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, and Zealotry? Into a, a, Zealotry, something, uh, and into like a, a more modern kind of society where you know religion doesn't rule them. And her brother's like, "Well, I like religion. Religion's cool. Religion and tradition and history all define us. So therefore, uh, you trying to do progress shit uh, is bad. And I'm now you're the bad guy in your story because you know." Uh, I don't want progress. I just want things to stay the same. I'm the villain in the movie. I'm the junkie. I'm going to inject you with the drugs. So like that story I was, I was fine with. Um, I don't know. I, I wanted to see Kareem lose more than anything else. Like that, that was the most invested I've been in the entire series is watching Kareem lose to uh, Amaya's soon to be wife. So yeah, um, I don't know. I don't have much, really much else to say about the show. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm finding, I'm finding it hard to even have things to talk about. It's yeah, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't get to the adventure quickly. The adventure is unsatisfying. The interpersonal stuff is not satisfying. Um, I don't know. Whenever they like. You you alluded to it before, but like, so the other three assassins, like from the very first episode of the show that like, of, of which Rayla was the fourth, like the other ones, one of them was like Rayla's mentor and like the other two were her parents and like they decide to up the stakes where uh Claudia has like coins that have their souls trapped in them for some reason but like it just comes like completely out of left field and I don't yeah I don't really it's... feel like I care I mean, yeah, it's the most villainous thing that Claudia does is threaten to throw Rayla's parents and mentor into fucking lava. And then they immediately walk it back by having Claudia actually give her the coins. Now, of course, that's probably them being like, well, Claudia is not actually really like truly a villain. She's just misguided and she's she's being tempted by dark forces. But, she, you know, she's still above the, the dark forces. And I just look at that and I'm just like, then why have her have the coins in the fucking first place? Like that's that's her having the souls of people is fucking evil. That's true. Uh, I'm I'm very uh, in summary, I'm very disappointed in this season. I hope that 
season five is better than this. That season five takes time and and develops storylines and isn't just like ah we gotta we gotta take our sweet time to get to the climax, but then we have to rush when we get there. It does. It's just it. It's like they forgot how to write. <laughs> and hopefully, uh, as they continue to write, they'll get better at it again, and then they'll they'll fix the story to a degree, and I'll be much happier with season five. Because after season one, I said, hey, you need to fix the frame issues. The frames are, are bad. And then they fix the frames, and the show was great. So hopefully, they'll fix the writing issues, and the story will be good again. We'll see. All right. With that, let's get to uh, a movie you wanted to make us watch for some reason. Uh, it's The Blade of the 47 Ronin. Yeah. Uh, concluding our most mediocre week of watching things that I thought would be better. Um, Blade of the 47 Ronin is a new action drama fantasy film on Netflix. Ancient Japanese Ronin warriors set 300 years after 47 Ronin in a modern day world where samurai clans exist in complete secrecy. Ancient Japanese Ronin warriors set 300 years. That's not, that's a sentence fragment. <laughs> um, this is a sequel to a movie that I don't know if I've watched, but it doesn't matter because it. it's 300 years after that movie. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to watch it because Anna Akana's in it. In this house, we love mm -hmm. Anna Akana. That's true. Oh, 47 Ronin was that Keanu Reeves movie. Yep. Why are there so many w movies about white guys being samurai? I don't know. Uh, there are two. <laughs> uh, and if I had a nickel for each time, you know, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah, um, I, so yeah, like you, I've never seen 47 Ronin, although it's on HBO Max right now, and uh, I can tell you, boy, do I not want to watch that movie after watching this movie, because there's, yeah. there's just no way. Well, like, I don't know, this, this smacks of direct-to-DVD sequel, you know? Mm-hmm. Well. I think this is Universal 1440 who produced the movie. They're one of the production companies behind the movie. Um, that's they. What else did they make this year? They made a couple of things that we, for some fucking reason, watched. Mm -hmm. Oh, they made R.I.P. R.I.P.D. 2. They made the monsters. Oh, Christ. Yeah. So, like, they are the direct DVD arm of Universal. Uh, they made Doom Annihilation. Oh. Yeah, yeah they, we, we've, gone, we've gone through with these people. Jesus Christ. Uh, Kindergarten Cop 2. My God, we have gone through it with these guys. My Christ. I don't know. I'll say it's uh, it's a B-movie for sure. Mm -hmm. It's it's relatively entertaining. No, uh, uh, you know, it's it's something that, you know, I felt comfortable putting on and. Playing. The Zelda Breath of the Wild while being near it, 
that's what I wish I would have done. But I was watching it with my girlfriend at the time. And uh, we watched this because uh, I, I saw like I got an email from Lionsgate for some reason. I, uh, I'm i a Lionsgate insider for some fucking reason. Uh, but they put out this this movie called Paradise City starring um, John Travolta and Bruce Willis. And I was like, well, this looks like shit. I can't wait to watch it. So we watched this the day before we watched 47, uh, the blade of the 47 Ronin. Uh, it's a bad, it's a horrible movie, but it's like entertaining to a degree. Fucking blade of the 47 Ronin is not entertaining. Like the fights are fine. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the fights to a degree, but outside of the fights, this movie is a complete fucking disaster. Yeah. Let's think like the, it's got like B movie action scenes that I was like, eh, it's fun. But then, like, people talk, and I was like, okay, I can focus on my game and collecting all of the Korok seeds. What uh, What was the... Uh, let, me, uh, let me actually pull this fucking up. Because I... Anaconda is fine in this. Like, she she plays her part perfectly well. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a whatever role for her. Um... So she's it's like whatever for her. Uh, Teresa Ting, who plays Onami, who is seemingly the secondary main character, is awful. She's an awful, awful, awful actress. And her hair is weird. I (laughs) so so we finished watching the movie and Ashley also has baby hairs that come from that side of her head. And so she tried to make it in a way (laughs) like her hair could be like that. Because we were just talking about it the whole time. I was like, why is her hair? Why does she have hair in her forehead like that? Yeah, like, it's she just is like, like gelled on from one side of her head. She has like loose hairs that like come down and then like follow a winding path across her forehead and then curl back up and are like pasted down. Yep. It's strange. There's a part where they're uh, like doing martial arts exercises in a swimming pool and her hair is still like that which still makes like me that. think that it's like uh stapled on tattooed i don't know i think it's gel like it has to be gel like there's there's no other reason for it but to like, be like that yeah it's not it's not like oh i woke up like this and mm-hmm. decided to go about my day you know there's intent to it and that makes you have it worse. to choose that lifestyle. Like yeah. that's a lifestyle choice for you. It's that's not an accident. That's like you hit me with your car. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's her acting is horrendous in the movie. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's, uh, I, I, you know who I half expected to see in this movie, and this is probably a little racist, and probably and ultimately probably very racist, is Jimmy Wong. Where was Jimmy Wong in this movie? Uh, yeah, he wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't there. Uh, I will. T- I will say my favorite character in the movie is uh, Rio, uh, played by Mike Mo. Uh, he has the most charisma. Uh, his action scenes are are fun and good. Uh, I want more Mike Mo. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. He was. Uh, he was pretty good. Yeah. Kind of checked out on the whole thing, you know? That's fine. 
the story sucks. Uh, there's characters who just do things to do things. Uh, they, they have to manufacture drama because reasons. Uh, the script is a mess. It's it's just horrendous. I, I fucking hated this movie. I was so bored. Uh, I wish I pulled out my uh, Steam Deck. Look how cool it is. Look at this. I can't wait to play it back at home mm-hmm. on my couch that, that my family had uh, and maybe potentially watch some Toonami for nostalgia. But yeah, I I'm not mad at you for for picking this movie. I, I'm just mad at this movie for existing. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Let's just, you know, hard avoid anything Universal 1440 has in this production pipeline. So that way we can stay away from it forever. <sighs> I'm just sad. I'm sad that this was the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's. Dragon Prince was at least disappointing. I, I was more like. I think I was probably more upset about Dragon Prince than than uh, Blade of the 47 Ronin, but Blade of the 47 Ronin fucking sucks mm-hmm. uh, and I hated it. But yeah, Dragon Prince was uh, how you say extremely disappointing to to witness the show. I don't want to say fall from grace because they could always pick it back up, but see such a severe quality dip. I don't know. I think it'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, next week on the show, we will be watching the Jason Momoa movie Slumberland. Yeah, it's true. And then uh, on the back of that, we have uh, a patron requested review for Singham by Julio. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh. It is a Bollywood movie. Hmm. Let me see exactly what he said, because he wrote. I don't want to say it's rather lengthy, but it's it's more than anybody else wrote in regards to. Actually, it's not true. Christianity wrote, wrote more. Uh, Julio said, since the monsters is out of the question, which is correct, it's still out of the question. It'll be out of the question in perpetuity. Uh, how about you follow up to your Indian cinema experience? Singham is still on Netflix, so Singham. So yeah, uh, Singham. He didn't say what Singham is, but it's there. It is Singham. It's two hours twenty one minutes. It's slick, exciting, and cor- uh, corruption. Those are the three genres. Oh, uh, FYI, this leaves Netflix on the seventeenth. So watch it before then, in your unemployment. All right. Uh, and a police inspector kills himself after a powerful gangster frames him for corruption. But soon the thug faces the full force of cop Bajaro Bajiro Singham. B-A-J-I-R-A-O. Bajiro? It's, it's pronounced vagina. Vagina. <laughs> yeah, it does seem fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, yeah. 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 Uh, tell them things, Dan. Uh, you can find the show at Netflix and Swill.com if you want to shop, shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, if you want to, if you like the show and you want to give us money for some reason, uh, go to patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill uh, to do so. You can make us watch stuff or you can just, you know, be a cool person and say you love us. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for use for theme song Bitter, which is how we feel about being let down. 
by the things we like. Uh, and until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.